Welcome to the Antioch and Arbor Equipping Podcast. Our desire is to bring freedom and strength to you in your relationship with God, your family, and others. I am your host, Ted Peabody, Associate Pastor of Antioch Ann Arbor. In each episode, I chat with someone who can give us insight and pass on their wisdom on our selected topic. This episode is focused on actively pursuing emotional well-being. I am joined today by Jacob and Kat. Jacob and Kat are overseas member care staff in the Middle East. They work with people to find emotional well-being in the midst of sometimes difficult situations. They have also faced difficulties in their own lives that have created a need to be active rather than passive in their emotional well-being. Stay tuned for the episode. guys how are you today hey we're good so fun to hear your voice good to talk to you uh catch us up just briefly on life uh for jacob and cat we're doing great we're our kids went swimming today it's summer here already and i don't know Jacob, we got some new plants for his garden. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, actually. <laughs> That's really good. Addition. Yeah, we've, we've been looking at putting in, we, we don't actually start gardening here for a few more uh, weeks uh, with most of our plants, but I'm excited about that, too. That's fine. Uh, just start indoors, no problem. Oh, I've got a lot of plants indoors right now. The seeds have been sprouted, but uh, they can't go outside yet. They're, they're yeah. too much cold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Jacob and Kat, we're, we're talking today about actively pursuing emotional well-being. Perfect. So how would you guys define emotional well-being? Well, if physical well-being refers to one's bodily health and the impact of one's literal environment, then emotional well-being refers to the health aspects of one's inner world, uh, the scope of which from internal attitudes, patterns, motivations, to the impact of felt stress or rest, as well as an understanding of one's passions and greater sense of self-purpose. I think also emotional health is associated with certain buzzwords these days. And so maybe just to define those real quick, um, we hear the term self-care thrown out a lot. Um, I think that's really simply taking care of ourselves, you know, our spirit. Um, It takes self-awareness, responding to little ups and downs and finding creative solutions. Um, And then you hear the term resiliency thrown around, at least a lot in our, you know, on our, in our role. I don't know, making it for the long haul, things like that. And I would say resiliency is just being able to handle the hard things that happen, not getting derailed by the difficulties of life and Mm -hmm. not being or knocked down when hard things happen. Yeah, right. So what do you think is default for most people um, in terms of emotional health? What do you think they generally think about or do whenever looking at the emotional well-being side of things? Mm -hmm. Actually, I'd say it's kind of the popular Christian culture right now to just run hard and not pay a whole lot of attention to our inner world until major problems start popping up. Um, Even small issues can get ignored while people focus on their big goals, 
Um, or if they do realize they're feeling maybe weary, they just kind of distract themselves with things that maybe don't refill them, but they call it resting because they don't know what else they need. Yeah, and for a believer, I would say that true emotional health or well-being is the place where our internal world, like what we just said a minute ago, uh, meets our identity in Christ. So, for instance, Colossians 2.10 says, In Christ you have been brought to fullness. Or, in other words, if you are in Christ, then you are complete in Him. And that's an amazing truth. But if someone were to wrestle with feeling like they aren't enough, either in the sight of God or their spouse or their parents or the boss or whomever, mm -hmm. then somewhere inside that person's inner world is really at odds with what is true. So allowing the Lord to, he the Lord to heal places like that is what makes us truly emotionally healthy. That's really good. So how, would, how do we... Um, walk in the tension of, of the thing you're describing here of, of rest um, and taking care of ourselves, but then also the call in the New Testament to lay ourselves down, lay our life down for others. Yeah. You know, I, I think the example that I think of about that has to do with comparing maybe how we would act on a short-term trip versus, I mean, living overseas or living on mission um, can you find that? Hold on just a second. I even like wrote something about this. I'm just trying to find it. All right. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So I think there are times, there are times where it's right to push hard, leave it all on the field, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just leave it all on the field and not worry about what's maintainable, what needs to be, you know, what it's going to take to do these things forever. Um, but then there's other times where we need to focus on building healthy rhythms. Um, and I think, you know, if you've been on a short-term mission trip, you know, you get there, you spend hours every day with the team, spending, you know, worship, praying, right. you go out on the streets for hours, you eat all your meals out, you stay out late, you know, you just, you're fully available. Your whole schedule is about that work. Um, for anyone who's like, possibly wants to meet with you, you're like, drop everything and go meet them. Um, and then on the other hand, there's just living your normal life doesn't look exactly like that. You still, we want to live on mission. And whether that's in the States or on the field, you know, you want to still have these intentional, purposeful focuses, but you also have to fulfill your responsibilities. If you, you have to go to school, you have to go to work, you have to exercise, you have to cook healthy meals at home instead of going out to eat all the time. You know, there are things that you have to do that let you keep doing it. You know, if we live this short-term trip lifestyle all the time, we're gonna have an amazing ministry for a short time and then mm. we're gonna burn out or crash and burn, whatever. And yeah. so I think that it's important to pay attention to how maintainable our rhythms are so that we can continue doing them for the long haul. That doesn't mean always. I mean, there definitely are times where you don't get rest and you push hard, you, right. you know, um, but then you need to figure out how to rest also. Yeah, that's really good. So we were talking about active emotional well-being, uh, actively pursuing that. So what are some warning signs that maybe we've been passive in our emotional well-being? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think lack of margin, like when there's no room to rest, no room to sort out what's really eating at you. There's no room to support, uh, to get support that you need to face your fears. When there's no margin, mm -hmm. you are you are in for a bruising. Uh, and speaking of fear, 
fear can be a powerful and destructive motivational force. So specifically decisions that are made out of fear or when you're paralyzed from making decisions because of fear, that's a big warning sign that's worth paying attention to. Uh, I think a, a really big one that is easy to overlook is emotional overreacting. So like when pent up anger causes you to explode on the waiter because of something small that really isn't a big deal or when you rant on social media or when like one person's thoughtless comment carries you under a mountain of self-criticism, that's emotional overreaction. Mm -hmm. And those are red flags uh, that something is really brewing deep inside. Mm -hmm. For me, okay. that really looks like I just get really easily irritated or annoyed or frustrated or just overwhelmed by little inconveniences or the normal requests of my children that, you know, maybe normally I'd be able to uh, respond reasonably to, but there, if there are days where I just feel overwhelmed by it, everyone's asking me questions all the time, or if I feel stressed out right. by constant text messages or something, that's a signal to me that I need to pay attention. I need to do a little emotional health tune up. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so next, guys, what does this look like for you, uh, the, two, the two of you? How have you learned uh, to be active in pursuit of emotional well-being? Sure. Honestly, don't look back at a specific moment and think, oh, that's where we figured that out, uh, as much as it's just been a learning process for our lives, you know? Um, we've mm -hmm. been in different leadership positions for a long time, and the reality is that there's often a loneliness associated with leadership. And we just kind of realized over time that we needed to be proactive about getting our needs met with the Lord, with each other, with our family, with community. Um, and then this lesson's been underscored as we've served in our current role, which is one of caring pastorally for a large region of people. Um, as you can imagine, people respond to stress differently, but we can really see the difference between people who ask for help or are willing to process stressful situations with us versus people who make us ask, ask exactly the right question before bringing something up. Uh, and I think that's where self-awareness comes in again. If someone doesn't realize their need, of course they can't ask for help with it. And so we all need to be responsible for paying attention to what generates these emotional responses from us, what moves us from peace and joy. Even asking the Lord, Father, is there anything in my emotional life that I need to pay attention to? Or even asking a a trusted friend or a spouse because they see things that sometimes we're blind to. Yeah, I don't always know my needs. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm currently working on this, uh, but I often, and I mean that, often need the outside perspective of close relationships to help me see those blind spots. Uh, I had a scary moment recently when Kat told me that she was concerned about me being lonely. I'm a pretty outgoing guy. I enjoy getting to know new people, experiencing new things. But in my current season, I find that I long for deep relationship where I genuinely feel known. Mm -hmm. And she was right. And it was concerning. Yeah. So what uh, you, you said this was a process. So what has changed for you personally and your family over the years of, of becoming more emotionally healthy? Sure. Over time, we've evaluated and reevaluated mm -hmm. and reevaluated yeah. capacity and have just set different boundaries uh, 
to help us. Some of our current uh, boundaries or handrails uh, are. Yeah, my one of my favorites is I get one morning off every like on the weekend to just get some time where I'm not interrupted. Uh, I, I usually spend that, well, I used to spend that like at a coffee shop reading and just, you know, having time that felt more silent, uninterrupted. Um, when we lived in the States, we, we paid attention to how many evenings a week we had social or church or work commitments that kept us all from being home, having dinner together or putting the kids to bed together. Um, and, and we just set norms for how often during like every week we were comfortable with one or both of us being gone. Um, a current one is I, I travel a lot for work and I, one of our handrails is I don't travel within two weeks of my last trip or, uh, if that needs to be talked through, then mm -hmm. we make that decision together, mm -hmm. uh, to decide if we have margin for those trips to be closer. So there was a specific situation earlier this year, mm -hmm. just the dates of two different trips on two different continents. Um, I was trying to push them further and further apart and they just kept getting squeezed closer and closer together. <laughs> and I was really trying to keep this two week minimum, um, but it just, it was not happening. So talked with Kat about it and she said, actually, you haven't traveled for six months or five months. Mm -hmm. I'm great. This is only once. Mm -hmm. And then your next trip's not for uh, another month after that. So, <laughs> hey, that's fine. And actually that all happened right before uh, the COVID-19 crisis and everybody started shutting borders and everything. And if I had tried to push the, that trip further back, uh, there's a potential that I wouldn't actually be sitting in the same room <laughs> with my wife right now. Um, or we, would have, we would have had to cancel it yeah. or at last minute kind of right. would have been very stressful, but we actually, we made that decision mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and uh, that really, really helped. I was really glad that we, had that handrail and just that conversation. Yeah. And then another thing just for me is I've recently started seeing a counselor to help me process some of that inner world stuff where I know that I have blind spots, but I can't figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's great guys. And I, I like what you're talking about with boundaries that they're handrails, they're not set in stone, Yes, but they're really important. Yeah. So that, that's really helpful for me as well. So in, in the, the last part of our time together here, I, I want to get more practical. Um, first of all, you guys have talked a lot about rest. Mm -hmm. um, so could you define for us what you mean by rest? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say that unplugging or, or rest, like rest is one of those words that we don't really know how to define. <laughs> I, like, I like the term unplugging. So unplugging is actually like the most important part of that because it allows us permission to stop, like just to actually stop, to put the phone down, to stop checking the email, to not worry about what's the next thing we let go. Um, and it, it really, that just allows us to take a few deep breaths, build up a little margin and create some space to heal. Rest, you know, it's not just a buzzword, it's an actual commandment. Uh, it's also the first thing that God does after creating the universe. And we are really bad at taking time to stop and relax, <laughs> to rest. I think yeah. part of that's because our culture, we live under the tyranny of the urgent. Mm -hmm. um, just for example, I was reading an article in the Washington Post. They reported that last year, only 55, or not only, 55% of Americans didn't take any of their vacation. Uh, and a major reason wow. for that was that they felt guilty mm -hmm. for taking time off. 
which, you know, I know everybody's situation is different, but that's amazing. <laughs> um, and I just want to say that doesn't mean you have to go to a resort in the Bahamas, um, but can you build in uh, patterns of rest or could you go ahead and take a week or two and either have a staycation or go visit your grandparents or go to a national park or just some, what's restful, those types of things. And then, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing's happening right now. Maybe a little downtime could be put to good use, just relaxing, doing that together with the family, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like, the, I like to think of rest as recreation versus entertainment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you break down recreation and it's recreating. Yes. Um, and I think most of the time we fought, we failed to recreate ourselves and we, and we opt for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And what we're actually doing is making it even harder yes. to unplug and make it even harder to stop because we're constantly filling our minds and our, our space. And so that margin you're talking about just disappears completely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So how do we recognize our need for emotional health? I mean, you talked a little bit about this earlier, um, that self-awareness piece. I know I've thought things like, man, I'm not depressed. I don't have major anxiety. I must be doing really good emotionally. So what would you say to me in the midst of that thought? Well, my first question to you, Ted, would be, is your relationship with Christ actively growing? Um, if this piece is not in place, then you really are just doing it all on your own and you really can only do that for so long. And then my second question would be, when's the last time you took some vacation and actually unplugged? <laughs> I think it's often, yeah. often something you have to look at over a longer period of time and not just a single day. Because we all have good days and bad days. We're yeah. affected by circumstances, right. the people around us. But if I realize, hey, I've been easily frustrated or felt overwhelmed several times over the last couple days or weeks, that can be a signal to me that I need to to pay more attention to what I might need to tweak. Um, it's like driving a car. You're always making those tiny adjustments to keep yourself on the road. You don't wait until you crash to turn the steering wheel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So speak a little bit more into the overwhelmed piece. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like or what has that looked like potentially for you guys and feeling overwhelmed and then how did you come out of that where you no longer felt overwhelmed? Yeah. For me, I had a season it was several weeks i think right before christmas this year where i just felt like i cannot keep up with my work responsibilities my house responsibilities homeschooling the kids i just felt like there is not time in the day <laughs> to do everything i'm trying yeah and i am a i'm a type a personality enneagram one i want to do it all and i want to do it all perfectly that is my in my flesh that's my goal you know and so uh, yeah Jacob sent me to ask some questions of the Lord and ask, you know, are there things I'm carrying I don't need to? Are there things I need to lay down? What does this need to look like? And, you know, typically I carry too much. That is the reality. And so it was actually funny. I really, I took those questions. I laid out my life before. <laughs> I took a personal retreat. Maybe that's something we should talk about. Um, I took a personal <laughs> retreat and I laid my life out before the Lord. And I was like, okay, what of this do needs to drop? What do I not need to carry or show me how to do this? And instead of him taking things off my plate, I felt like the Lord gave me a schedule basically of, you know, this is where to fit these different pieces. Yeah. And if the things you're trying to do in that category don't fit in that time, you can feel 
peaceful at having done your what what's your portion in this time you know so if i have this window of time for this certain element of my my work responsibilities then i i spend that time well and then i put it aside and i don't beat myself up for missing perfection i just say that was what i gave what i had for that time for this week whatever um, and that has helped me a lot i mean i know that was what six months ago and it's been it's just been helpful for me to feel like okay i got my marching orders and i can fulfill them and i know that he said I, you know he said this is what my portion is for this season and so i can do it well yeah and i would say our family is reaping the benefit of that like the fruit of that of mm -hmm. mommy is walking in what she's being called to and that gives us a place to celebrate her when she is able to do that and to comfort her when it's been really hard uh, and as a husband, it's, that's a place where I can help mm -hmm. uh, help to guard her time when there are specific projects or certain things going on or um, help to just be available or get out of the way, you know, depending on what it, what it, <laughs> right, it yeah. is to be. And that's that really is something that our whole family is receiving fruit from because she went and took the time um, to seek out the Lord and then shared that with us and then we're able to move forward. Yeah. So on the personal retreat, um, can you just describe really quickly what that looks like and how often would you recommend someone doing that? Um, well, I would say uh, examine like what are the what are the rhythms of my life and when is a good time to take a personal retreat? Um, I have friends that when you say personal retreat, they think of a week in the mountains <laughs> or on the beach, yeah. which, you know, that would be great. That doesn't necessarily fit in my life schedule. I wish it did, <laughs> um, but uh, good for them, you know? Um, but like, what are the natural rhythms? And it's not just a, I did this once, check, I'm good to go, mm -hmm. um, because that's not how life works, you know? Mm -hmm. So my last personal retreat, um, I, I actually, I flew to a different country, a neighboring country and met up with a friend who was there for work. And we went and explored um, a wadi, like a, <laughs> a, a, this beautiful river canyon, canyon place. Um, in a, it was incredible. Um, and then we ate, we drove downtown and we ate some really good food uh, overlooking some Roman ruins. And then I came home. Like it was just a nice long weekend. And in that time, I spent time with the Lord. I spent time with a good friend. I had adventure. I journaled. I cried. I prayed. I celebrated. Mm -hmm. um, and it was awesome. And that really, it set me up mm -hmm. on the bigger scale uh, to carry life into lots of little areas. Mm -hmm. now, now, within that, um, other ways that I've taken retreats is yeah. that on my Sabbath, um, I'm sometimes I'll take my camera with me and I'll just go explore different parts of the city. And I'm not any good at photography, but it's a, it's a unique way that I can step out of my regular day-to-day -day life and literally look at the world in a different way. Um, and that like working things like that, that ministered to me, to my soul, mm -hmm. um, that has been an amazingly beautiful thing for yeah. me. I've heard it recommended to try to take a personal retreat quarterly. I think that's a great goal. In our season of life, we are lucky to hit it half that often, yeah. you know, um, just because it's yeah. coordinating who's going to watch the kids and where are you going to 
go, we live in a city where there's a large part of the year that it's not even pleasant to be outside. So you have to find, you know, you have to like get a hotel room or find someone's empty guest room to, you know, use. And, um, but it's worth it. Like it's hard to schedule, but it ends up being such a life-giving time. And, you know, it's, it's a place to ask questions of the Lord about the upcoming season and process the last season. And uh, it's just a really valuable way to spend time. And I just, can I just throw in there, I mentioned I flew to a different country and <laughs> we're talking about, you know, like going different things. I want to say a couple of things. Number one, you don't have to do that uh, in order for it to count. Yeah. Uh, my last spiritual personal yeah. retreat, I went to a friend's house and I locked myself in one of their rooms all day <laughs> and I had uh, Panda Express for lunch. Like that was it, you know, so it cost me dollars, you know, <laughs> like the whole thing. Uh, yeah. The trip I mentioned earlier that was entirely paid for with points from our card. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't just have money go gallivanting around the world. It's not about how much money you spend on it. It's about your intentionality. Mm-hmm. So just that's really good. Mm-hmm. And another thing I've heard you guys mention a few times now is that you have pushed each other, or a friend has pushed you into pursuing your emotional health. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like I just wanted to highlight that of. of Spouses pushing their them, their spouses into emotional health, uh, encouraging them to go on these personal retreats, take time out. And if you're not married, finding someone who have, you have a deep relationship with that you can say to them, hey, when you see things in me, push me towards a personal retreat or push me towards helping yeah. myself. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yes. Yes. And then the person who's receiving that needs to not be defensive. Like, what are you saying? You, you think I'm unhealthy? You know, it's it's normal everybody has to work on these right and it's a healthy rhythm to have to to ask mm-hmm. those questions of the lord to get time to look inward you know we don't stay that way we don't want everything to be about oh how am i feeling about everything but right. if we never pay attention to it there's a part of us that's dying you know yeah yeah, yeah that's good mm-hmm. So pursuing emotional health actively, I think, looks probably looks different for men and women. Um, and, and so I want to just take take some time and start with, with the women. Kat, uh, what reasons do women generally give for not actively pursuing their emotional well-being? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, for especially for moms of young kids. It's hard to even think about yourself, much less figure out what you need. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what's restful. You know, women are told often, oh, you need a spa day or go shopping. You know, those things can be fun, but they don't actually address heart issues or, you know, the underlying things. And so, I mean, really just making time for there to be stillness and figuring out what is actually restful. <laughs> yeah. So what are some practicals? for women to to do to pursue that restful emotional well-being spot yeah um the the one who knows you better than anybody else is jesus and so it really comes down to asking him for a plan you know uh, there was a season years ago where i was struggling emotionally and i i just i sought the lord in desperation like what do i need the things that used to fill me aren't working anymore something's got to change and you know, as a result of that, we ended up putting our kids in Mother's Day out once a week so that I could have a couple hours to myself to run errands, get projects done around the house, 
Um, I felt like God showed me a couple women in my life that are really life-giving for me. Your wife was one of those. Um, and I, yeah, I made a goal of getting time with one of these ladies every month. You know, it wasn't all the time. This wasn't like, oh, three times a week, you know, but it was something that I knew I needed. And, and I felt like God said, this is, these are people you need time with. Get that, like seek that out. Um, and I also realized it was really energizing for me to always have some kind of project going on, like a creative outlet that made me feel productive. So I started sewing, I, I started sewing baby bedding, refinishing furniture and not all, again, not all the time, but like on the side, there was always something <laughs> going on. And I don't right. still do these things in this season. The plan looks different, but it, it's what I felt like God spoke in that time that I needed. And, you know, I've asked him again, there's different things for this season that, that I do. Um, but I, I think it just matters to get that information, <laughs> that plan from God. And it matters yeah. if you're married, especially if you're parents, um, it really matters to get help and buy-in from your husband. So for me, like this season that I'm thinking of, I, I it required sacrifice from my husband. He ended up actually canceling some discipleship relationships he had so that he didn't have to be out of the house before the kids got up in the morning so often. I just, I needed him home a little bit extra in that season. Um, and then he he made a commitment just of limiting his after work, you know, responsibilities after work hours so that he'd be home a little bit more. And again, this wasn't forever, but in that season I needed that extra support. And it, it spoke volumes to me about my emotional health being important for our whole family and us being a team. Like he's willing to step in and help me when I need it. I need to figure out what to ask for so that he can. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, in the midst of that, like Jacob said earlier, uh, um, we, we live under the tyranny of Georgia yeah. and we all have yes. busy lives. So you have to say no to something to pursue mm -hmm. emotional health. So what would you say to encourage women in the midst of that busyness to say no to something so that they can take better care of themselves. Yeah, it's, you know, this illustration is used a lot, but it's because it's true. The airplane oxygen mask is classic. You know, if you can't breathe, you can't help anyone else for much longer, you know? Um, and I think it helps yeah. if you look at yourself and then ask, is this how I want my children to take care of themselves? Or if the person I'm discipling copied me, would they be able to make it for the long haul? Um, and and have a same the same standard for ourselves that we yeah. would for someone else. Yeah. Um, and then you really, you can't wait for someone to initiate with you or ask you how they can help. You have to figure out what you need and actively pursue it. Like life is busy for everyone. And if we sit waiting, like, hey, I wish that person would notice, or I wish someone would ask me how I'm doing, like that's immature. You have to just, it, maturity looks like figuring out what it's going to take for you to be healthy and then going after it. So ask for what you need. That's not prideful. That's not right. selfish. That's maturity. And again, if you if you ask the Lord for a plan for what it's going to take for you to be healthy, then budget time for that. Make it work. Figure it out, and then reevaluate it. Again, you don't have to be married to that plan, but you have to be committed to seeking the Lord for direction. That's really helpful. All right, Jacob. What reasons do men generally give for not actively pursuing their emotional well-being? Well, first off, I think most men either think they are emotionally healthy or they have honestly never, ever thought about it. So that's just part of being a man. 
No, I would say, yeah, that's probably really accurate. <laughs> also, I think men carry the expectation that they're a leader and that they need to perform and they don't want to focus on their areas of lack or weakness. That can be painful or they just don't know how to get help. I mean, I'm sitting here talking about this and I don't know how to fix myself. You know, like <laughs> there are limitations. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I can relate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, it, just that weakness piece, I think that is, for me, that's one of the things that I've had to come to grips with over the last couple of years of that, that my emotions don't make me weak. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. And, and so, so just trying to recognize like, okay, God gave me these emotions. What does he want me to do with them now? Yeah. Uh, I still don't have an answer completely, <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel you on that. Um, so what does it look like for you, Jacob? What do you do to actively pursue that emotional well-being? Sure. So one of my most regular prayers that I pray for myself is, Lord, fill me with the love of Christ and empty me of anything less. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I need to be filled with the love of God because I can't, if I'm just relying on my own efforts, it's just, it's not going to last. So that's one. Uh, With my job, I have no lack of intense conversations. (laughs) So in this current season, I'm giving myself permission to take little pauses just throughout my day. A five minute stroll through my garden before an important meeting or sending a funny meme to a friend before responding to a tough email, uh, things like that, little pauses during the day that give me space. And then also, I'm the initiator with my closest friends on how I'm doing. I, I don't wait for them to ask me anymore. I've just like yeah. Matt was saying, that goes for men as well. Like my friends are great. They, are, they have their own lives and uh, I can't wait around for them to ask me. And every time that I have brought something up, hey, this thing's going on, or hey, can you ask me, you know, can you ask me in a couple of days just how I'm doing with this? They always respond. Um, and it's it's been really, really helpful. That's good. Uh, so what would you say, again, you know, the tyranny of the urgent, having to say no to things, what would you say to encourage men in that process of saying no to things so that they can pursue their emotional health? You know, I would challenge them to look ahead and ask, do I still want to be dealing with this stuff in 20 years? Especially if you know you've got issues of anger or not resting or whatever, you know, you're not perfect. So just examine one of those areas of imperfection and see if there's something that's actually worth investing some of your time into. Um, Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, search me, God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of life everlasting. So the scriptures seem to imply that one, God already knows what we need. (laughs) And two, it's okay to be perfect, to have it all together. Mm -hmm. Ask him to search you and then follow through with where he leads. Mm -hmm. If he truly loves us, then he's going to be honest with us. And he's the one who can heal us. Mm -hmm. And he really is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. That's great. So guys, thanks for sharing. Is there any, any other parting thoughts of encouragement for our listeners that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would just say when you begin to walk in emotional health, God will use you more powerfully than if you weren't walking in emotional health. Mm -hmm. And you'll learn more about who God is and who he's made you to be. It's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think just 
taking the time and putting in the effort to be healthy is worth it. Like it's more fun <laughs> to be <laughs> to be healthy. And you know, it's not fun to have to work through the hard things, but it's worth it. And you you build just a stronger base to stand on. So I would just say as much as it doesn't sound like fun sometimes to press into those things, it is worth it. Yeah. That's great. Jacob, Kat, thanks for being here today. Thanks for helping out uh, me and our listeners. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for listening today. Join us next time as we continue to find freedom and strength in our relationships with God, family, and others. I'm your host, Ted Peabody. Talk to you next time. Thank you.